All right. Good evening, everybody. I think we have our, our technical difficulties figured out, possibly, hopefully. We'll see. Um, but anyways, we have a very special guest with us here today. We have pro boxer and number one ranked amateur that, or previous amateur, now pro, uh, Darius Fulgham on the pod with us this week. So thank you for coming and joining us today. Um, yep. We're going to kind of just kind of lead this into a, a, a kind of conversation with you. We want to kind of get your thoughts on what boxing looks like today, how you got to this point, um, and what your journey was like. What what led you to, to get in the ring and, and, and box? Because it's, it's really interesting to see the journeys of boxers. So there's a lot of different stories. But uh, we want to hear yours. We want to get your thoughts on everything. So I guess to start off, uh, can you kind of give us what – brought you into boxing what, what intrigued you about boxing for you to want to get in the ring you know real quick i'm glad that you said that that there are a lot of different stories and that's something that um i think about a lot because i feel like the main story a lot of people hear about boxers is you know the kind of came from nothing background type story right and those are some of the most inspirational stories that they can tell but i feel like that only tells like one like a small percentage of a uh, small percentage of boxers, and I feel like boxer stories. It, it, so many different people that box that have come from different backgrounds. I've met so many different people on this journey um, that I've learned from that I, that I you know, that experienced so many different things that I have. Um, it's it's a it's an amazing uh, culture, right? But I feel like there's not enough light shed on all the positive things too, right? In boxing, you know, it's only a lot of people that it's like, oh, I just grew up fighting my whole life, and this is all I yeah. had. All right, that's the main story here, but that's it's a small percentage of people, for real, for real. Um, and so then that goes really, really to my story, right? I don't necessarily have that 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 um that same story that you hear a lot, right? Um, I came from a good family. I have a really, really great family, man. Love them to death, and when I started getting into boxing, the first kind of thing that kind of brought me to it, um, never really watched it growing up. It was never my thing. You know, my brother played football, and, and that was, like, the main sport we watched in the house, right? I looked up to my brother big time. And so I always thought football was going to be what I was going to do. But at the time when I was a kid, my dad would just throw us in everything. So we played everything, baseball um, to football. Uh, I wasn't a track guy. <laughs> my sister ran track, but – uh, we did a little bit of everything, and, and I remember in, like, third grade or something, I, I was watching George Lopez, and uh, mm -hmm. there was this episode where they took, took the kid Max to go to the boxing gym. And my first time I really seeing boxing, and I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. So I remember telling my parents, oh, I want to go want to go do box. And we went to the gym, but, you know, we ended up didn't actually join. And I, I say this all the time, I'm glad I didn't because I didn't have the mental fortitude to, to box at that time. Like I wasn't strong enough mentally how I should have been and I probably would have quit. And so mm. time had passed. I was still trying to find myself. Football wasn't my thing. I, I just wasn't passionate about it. And I got into wrestling and wrestling was my big thing in high school and that kind of really changed my life. Um, I got really good at that and that was the first time like the light switched to my head where I, like, I can really be good at something. And that was something I always like thought about growing up. Like, I just want to be great at something. I just didn't know what that something was. And uh, so I could have wrestled in college, and but it had been a financial burden on my, on my family and stuff. So 
I opted out of doing that and I was going to school for nursing. Um, so like my senior year, when I finished wrestling, I was going to start MMA and then, uh, so I, but I started boxing. I had to learn how to strike first, right? I started boxing. I fell in love with it immediately. I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I made that decision at that moment that this is what I was going to chase my dream at. And uh, shoot, that was, that was 2015. We like eight years, eight years down the road now and uh, made a lot of progress since then. But we're going to, we're going to new heights, though. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I mean, you mentioned MMA because I know there's a massive difference between boxing and MMA, and people like kind of casual viewers would be like, "Well, there's not that much of a difference." Can you kind of right. describe like what are the differences between the two sports and like what kind of skill sets you need for each of them? Yeah, I mean, if you really think about somebody that's oh, I'm trying to figure out how I want to describe this. Somebody's like a general practitioner as a doctor, right? They have a general idea of a lot of different things that was what i would consider mm -hmm. an mma fighter um and then boxers like a specialist right like a heart surgeon or something you know so mm. very fine tune on, on exactly just on just straight striking right um rather what there's mma is besides the business there's a lot of difference on the business side but just on the technicality side of it there's there is a lot of variations in the styles that uh, MMA fighters have um, because you do have a lot of different forms of martial arts kind of combined into one. And um, so MMA, I, I, MMA is interesting, right? But definitely it's not my thing. I couldn't, I couldn't do the kicks and stuff, but on that note, I also will say um, wrestling and striking is the most important things in, in MMA. Obviously having, um, some sort of jujitsu knowledge and some sort of kick defense, but uh, not gonna lie, opportunity came sometime in the future. I definitely would cross over. That's something I definitely would do. Cause wow, I, I honestly think I've watched some MMA fights and I'm like, God damn, those guys. <laughs> just off the pure striking alone, like like um, a lot of MMA guys aren't just pure pure strikers like that. So, mm -hmm. and I have a good uh, uh, wrestling foundation, so. That's something I would be interested in in the future. I'm not going to lie. Because it was something I was really going to do in the first place, right? Yeah. But I have a lot to accomplish in boxing. So, that, I mean, it's not really a thought in my mind. Mm -hmm. But it is something that I, I guess I have thought about, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting, man. Because, like, there is, like, UFC's blown up a lot because of, of Dana White and his promotional yeah. abilities and, and all the big names. But I think... I don't know, from, from my perspective, boxing to me has become kind of controlled by the promoters of, of boxing, uh, kind of just trying to get the big name fights out there. So what are your thoughts on like how boxing, does there need to be like a, a controlling body of boxing kind of like the UFC has, do you think? Or should there be like kind of as it is with the promoters running the show? Right. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it's hard to say, right, because... I mean, if you think of, of the promoters in boxing, th there's a, a couple of the top main ones, which is a top rank, mm -hmm. uh, Matchroom, PBC, and Golden Boy, right? Uh, and MMA, okay, UFC is just so well-branded, bro, that MMA and UFC are synonymous with one another. They're like the same thing. When you say MMA, you think UFC. When you say UFC, you just think MMA. But there are other promotional companies in MMA, Right. It's not just UFC, right? 
But UFC is so dominant and they have a lot more control. Um, where they got a lot of the top talent, they marketed so well. Um, where UFC is a spot to go. Where rather than boxing, it's kind of spread out a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's spread out pretty thin. And all these different promoters are working with different networks. And so, for example, if you were to get trying to get a big fight to happen with one promotional company, they're trying to get another fight with the, with another guy that signed another promotional company. Those two people are under two different networks. They have contracts with two different networks. And so, yes, now the promoters are like, where they're trying to um, manage a way of keeping all the money for themselves, right? That's mm. it for themselves, but it's hard to negotiate a contract where it makes sense on both sides where everybody's happy. Because if I got a guy and you got a guy, we're, we both have two different networks and we're trying to make it happen. It, it can only really be on one network. So how do you really make that happen? And so that's where a lot of a lot of problems happen in boxing on getting those big fights to happen. Whereas Dana White and UFC has complete control of that where uh, right. they have all the they have all the big name guys, right? Right. And so they can make those fights happen easy and they and they're keeping all the money within their within their network, if that makes sense. So I think that's the yeah. big difference on the business side of like boxing and UFC. Mm. So there is a lot of diff- there's a lot of different promoters and a lot of promoters have a lot of the top talent too. So for you to get those like kind of cross fights to happen is just a little difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So I, I kind of want to transition a little bit kind of back to where um, your journey began because all three right. of us are, are from the great city of, of Colleen. Right. <laughs> so, right. um, I, so he, so Isaiah went to Ellison and I know you're Turn in up, Ellison, my right? boy. <laughs> no, but hey, he graduated from Colleen transfer. When did you transfer? Uh, yeah. It was like 2015, 2015-ish. Yes, something like that. So he started off as an Eagle, but, you know. <laughs> that's that's uh, Wait, what year, what year did you graduate at Colleen? 2017. 2017, okay. Oh, so I graduated at Ellison, I think, what, 2015. So oh, okay, so two years prior. Yeah, same year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was so happy for a second. I got immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear that, bro. Sorry to hear that. Bro. Yeah. I Probably wasn't your choice, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess my kind of question is because you know there's not like there's not like big names out you know in professional sports right. from Colleen. I mean you have uh, you Tom have Harris. what's his name Royce O'Neal coming out, Corey Jefferson, Tommy Tom Harris, Harris, all those all those guys. But you know there's nothing there's not like a huge like superstar that came out of Colleen. So mm-hmm. like what is like that moment? where you were in the ring and you were like, okay, like this, this is crazy considering where we came from and, and where I, where I grew up, like, this is, this mm-hmm. is something huge. Where was that moment? Oh, shoot. I can't even tell you when exactly that moment was. Um, you know, I, I can honestly say moments as a happy cause there's still so much that I have uh, yet to accomplish. You know what I mean? And I know my route is, is, as far as how far I've came in, in my particular sport, you know, I've gone a lot further than a lot of other people have that came from Colleen, but there's still so much more to accomplish, bro. I'm not even like scratching the surface of what I, what I want to do yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it, it, and Colleen, Colleen is my home. I've been there, I grew up from 2000 to 2016. I spent most of my entire life there, you know, so Colleen really did make me, you know, and, Clean did play a, a big pivotal role. I remember right before I moved out to Houston, 
uh, I, I met Tommy Harris at this one fight and oh, wow. we started talking and stuff and, and I told him, you know, I was moving out to Houston and, uh, surprisingly lucky enough, he was coming out to Houston like the next weekend too. We had linked up at the, um, U of H was playing OU and, uh, mm. and so he invited me out to the game with him. It was at the, it was at the Texan stadium. And so I was hanging out with him and then, you know, he went to OU and mm-hmm. we had went up into the suite and that's where I met Adrian Peterson. Um, that's dope. And, and yeah. I got really in contact with him. So it actually me and him and he actually helped me out on making a lot of connections and, and, uh, introducing me to them really helped me. I found my gym out here in Houston where I was training that for a while. And, you know, I know you want to talk about too, like the, uh, the um you know the youtubers and stuff that are getting into boxing right yeah. and and adrian peterson was actually one of those ones that <laughs> that, that that crossed over yeah i remember yeah. that yeah and i remember even leading up to that i was actually helping adrian uh spar for that uh for that fight oh, with, with <laughs> um but you know i, I was saying all to say like tommy tommy Harris did play a pivotal uh role from when I moved out to, to Houston, you know, and that was a big thing about just people coming from the same place, helping one another, uh, along the journey. So that was, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something again, that, that I thought about, I want to do the exact same thing for, for my hometown, you know, but I know I'm not in the position yet to really be able to do that for a lot of people as well. Like mm-hmm. he did. For me. Um, but coming from, coming from Colleen and, 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 making out of that you can make it out of clean you can make it anywhere <laughs> that's a fact that's absolutely that's true yeah <laughs> i got a question so, for you uh darius uh a, more of a personal more of a uh personal question for you yeah. so you know there's there's plenty of sports to choose from you when kids are growing up you can play football soccer baseball <laughs> basketball pretty much anything you want right there's swimming wrestling like a lot of kids get started at a young age Obviously, right. you grew towards boxing. You loved it. But was there ever a moment in time, especially with all the fights that you've been through personally and training? I know training has to be very rigorous compared to other sports. There's not a lot of sports that can be considered, you know, a life or death sport. You know what I'm saying? Like boxing, right. we've seen it time after time with professionals. And in the past, some people have had life altering uh, injuries happen to them. Right. Their life's turned around, stuff like that. Do you ever step in the ring and does that ever scare you a little bit like oh man like i don't know if this fight can like injure me bad bad or do you just try to keep the main thing the main thing and try to maintain a positive attitude as long as you got your technique down you know you put your faith in god and see where it takes you yeah yeah no that's a good question though i mean the one thing there's a lot of risk in in every sport that we do Mm -hmm. right i mean the same risk that people develop in in football right somebody actually Mm -hmm. That was a crazy thing because it doesn't happen as often in football. Somebody actually dying on the field, you know, like hear stuff about that. And, but you, we understand that's the risk that we put ourselves through, right? Well, our players know the risk they put in getting themselves a uh, concussion, having CT, we're having long term problems later in life. Same thing as boxers do. We know we know the risk, um, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of reward in in, in the sport that we do, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, so ultimately, to, to answer your question, I always keep positive attitude. I never really think about that. You know, that thought never really cro- ever really ever crosses my mind, especially going in into uh, into the fight. I do. Tr- I trust the people to to if something ever was getting out of hand, 
you know, that I trust my corner that they made the right decision or the ref to make the right decision. But um, more than what I'm getting at is I'm, I'm happy doing what I love. Uh, it's what I love to do. And, mm-hmm. and if someone's hoping nothing ever happens, but if someone's to happen along me chasing my dream, doing what I love to do, and so be it. So be it. Right. Right. So be it. Because I, I rather I rather that than 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 uh, live a miserable life. Mm-hmm. You know, not not doing what I want to do. Right. So mm-hmm. good thing about what I'm doing is this. Like I said, it's something I love. Right. I get to constantly chase my dream every day um and i could be working a, a stable job i have my degree in nursing i could go working in nursing make good money live a, a comfortable life but that's not what i want for my life so mm-hmm. that's facts that's facts i kind of i kind of want to dive into your your team usa experience because um i remember when was the when were the olympics that you were trying to get into was it 2019 yeah. or 2020 uh, i can't remember yes for 2020 yeah Tokyo. Okay, so, so what was that? What was that kind of like? What was that experience like? How many like different like trials did you have to go through? Like, uh, I, I saw you you were traveling across the world, kind of doing all these these Olympic trials. So, what was that experience like? Ultimately, like, did it reward you in the end? And like, how did you feel coming out of it? Man, it was it was a crazy experience because um, how it was supposed to go right before right. COVID was uh. 2019 December, we had the Olympic trials, and, and I won that. That didn't necessarily guarantee us on the team. Uh, so me and the person who got second, who was the runner-up, we had to go basically to, to uh, Colorado to the, at the training center, and we had to still kind of compete with uh, one another on who would get the spot. We went to Bulgaria, and I went to a tournament there, and it was basically whoever did the best of the tournament got the spot. So I got the spot, and I was official on Team USA. And then, um, so then what happened after that was we had to go, we were supposed to go to Argentina to, to, we had to do one more qualifier to get our spot and uh, COVID hit. And then so we're like, okay, well, what's, what's going to happen now? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they uh, postponed it for a year. And, uh, so like, okay, it'll be around next year. So we we're still on the team. We still got to train, um, we still got to be able to travel and compete. Um, and so that was one of the best experiences, though. It had its, it had its pros and it had its cons, not going to lie. But the, the main pro about it was I got to really connect longer with, with my teammates on Team USA and really built, built long-term relationships with them. Uh, so that was the, the biggest blessing out of Olympics being postponed a little bit longer because I got to spend a year, learn, and, and be with those guys. Um and then, so the 2021 came around. We were supposed to go back to Argentina again to, to get our spot. And somehow, I don't know really what happened, to be honest with you, but uh, that tournament got canceled again. Uh, they were telling us it was because of logistic mm-hmm. reasons. Some about Argentina couldn't allow travel or something for all these different countries to come there. Um, so they canceled the tournament. It was crazy that ours was the only one that got canceled. And so that was our really only way of securing our spot to get to Tokyo. So since we couldn't do that, what they did was they went by old ranking points. And so they went by ranking points from like 2019. And so me, sadly, me and several other people I was on the team with, we weren't, we weren't on the team at 2019. So we didn't have any ranking points. 
So mm. we, we, we didn't get the spot. And that was the first time Team USA ended up brought pros back. Because um, some of the people that were already turned pro, uh, they had ranking points at the time. So they allowed them to come back. And, and so, you know, we actually did pretty good on the boxing side. I got a couple medals. We had like three silver medals, a bronze medal. Um, so our team actually did pretty good at the Olympics. But sadly, I wasn't able to go, though, like I was supposed to. Mm. Yeah, that's that's interesting, man, because, like, COVID just hit, like, right when you were kind of getting out there and you right were putting your name out bro. there. Yeah. Right when I was that's <laughs> that, that has to be tough. Right yeah. when I was speaking. But I've always remained positive about it. I mean, uh, Olympics – would have been huge for me. That was all I dreamed of, right? But um, I got more to accomplish than, than just the Olympics. So it's not like that was the end of the road for me, right? There's a lot more for me to do. So um, just got to keep moving from that point on. Yeah. When you kind of get in the ring, what's the kind of thought process? What What goes through your mind? Like, do you just completely shut it off? Or is it kind of like, all right, let's do this. Like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass, like kind of deal. Or is it like, what do you do to prepare for that, your mindset going into the ring? Well, I'll tell you my most important thing leading up to the moment is really just having peace of mind, right? I don't think people realize when they go into the ring how much, like, and I think this probably goes for, for all sports, honestly. Um, I don't think people realize how much their, like, unconscious thought really plays a factor. When you're stressing about having to pay rent or you're stressing about your girl doing this or that or, or whatever it may be, the simplest mm -hmm. things. People, I don't think people realize how much their unconscious mind thinks about that stuff in the moment. So, my big thing leading up preparation-wise is just having peace of mind, um, and that just allows me to be really calm, really relaxed. I'm not stressed about anything, and uh, so I, I do spend a lot of time. So I get very precious with who I'm around, though. Like, I can't just be around anybody because some people don't know how to how to talk to people in moments like that. They just be saying the dumbest stuff. Like, you know, this is the one I hate the most. They be like, uh, I've had people say this to me several times. They be like, all right, uh, don't get knocked out now. Like, uh, this is right, right before I'm about to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why would you, why would you even say that? <laughs> oh, and what man. What possessed you to say that? Thanks, bro. I try not to. But it's just like. <laughs> right, right. Like, what do you, you know, want me to people, say? Yeah, some people just be saying dumb stuff. Like, really, just in those moments, just be relaxed, you know, and, um, I'm really big on uh, self-distract, uh, I mean, uh, positive distractions, you know, where, where you're, sometimes this was a big problem when I was in Team USA because uh, this is what I really learned this then was we weren't really in an environment to really compete in. So what I mean by that is we had these COVID protocols we had to follow and we was honestly like, not say treated like prisoners, but we were like locked up in the rooms. We couldn't, like, we couldn't, hang out with other people we're kind of just isolated and that is not a uh environment to, to succeed in what i mean by mm -hmm. that is when you get really like trapped alone with your thoughts your thoughts can be very self-destructive and sometimes when you get trapped alone with that your mind it starts wondering oh man did you train hard enough what if this happens what if that happens and then you're playing all these scenarios in your head so that's why I'm big on healthy distractions, like on just talking whatever. You're not even really necessarily thinking about all these negative things of the fight. So that's huge for, for my preparation. And then honestly, going into the ring though, it sounds I say I don't say it sounds dark, but 
like my main like objective is to like to like really break somebody's will. Um, so I say that in the most like 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 I'm serious about it because mm. a confident fighter is a dangerous fighter. And okay. when you when somebody has confidence, bro, they they self like self belief is extremely important in boxing. That's one of the big things I learned. And somebody that really when they start to believe in themselves, they start to really like feel it. Everything starts to click, you know. But the second you get them to start doubting themselves, now they're hesitating. Now mm-hmm. they're like, oh shoot, wait, okay, if I throw this punch, then he's gonna hit me. Now they're, they're now they're not firing how they should, right? So. Mm-hmm. My main thing is to always start to break people down mentally that way where they start to they, they don't believe in themselves no more. You know, I don't mm. want anybody believing themselves when they fighting me. <laughs> like yeah. I said, that's more that's dangerous to me, right? So I want to try to strip away their confidence and I, I gotta do that early. And you can see, and this is again in every sport is transitions. When in basketball, when somebody's getting hot and the team's getting hot and they start firing, their their confidence is building up, they're building that momentum. Call timeout. We gotta shut. We gotta shut it down. Same thing in boxing. You gotta shut down. If somebody starts building confidence. You gotta shut it down quick. Because mm-hmm. you let that start to really roll, then they then they gonna take off. Mm-hmm. So I got a question for you. What's up, bro? Uh, so obviously you've had a great boxing career so far. Like you mentioned before, you got still plenty to go for the rest of your career. You know, you're trying to get to different heights, different levels. But when you first started out obviously you probably have trainers you trained by yourself did what you had to do to become better and work at your craft but is there one specific fighter pro fighter uh or pro boxer that you looked at and you said i want to try to model my game after them when it comes to technique striking mindset things like that doesn't even have to be a boxer any athlete that you specifically modeled yourself after mindset wise or technique wise oh man well i tell you honestly i was growing up my my, i'm naming a couple people Honestly, growing up, my brother has always been my biggest inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I tell you, you know, he went and played for the league for a little while, and he still trains like he's in the NFL now. Bro's work ethic is crazy, dog. Yeah. Crazy. So I, his work ethic, I always want to take. If I was trying to take anything from anybody, I, his work ethic. I always want to try to model my work ethic after him because that dude's a workhorse. And that's one of the big things I learned from him. Um, on the technical side of boxing, um, Shakur Stevenson, one of my, one of my top, my, my top favorite guys, him, Andre Ward, uh, the dudes are just technicians, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the thing that makes them so talented is the fact that like, I don't think I understand like how scary it is when somebody's like right here in your face and you can't touch them. You can't hit them, bro. That is terrifying. And that's something he does. He he excels extremely well at, and something that I've been developing in my style too. Mm. Be able to be to be right in range with somebody, and not and not not getting hit, or just moving just a little bit out of range. Um, that's something I really try to model my my style after. And I, I got another homeboy, uh, Marquise Taylor. His mindset. I love I love talking to him. I love hearing his mindset and how he just kind of attacks everything. Um. Anytime hearing them talk, it always like kind of just you know inspires me. Um, nice. So Marquise Taylor is a guy. He's coming up in boxing. Um, he just had a huge win on July eighth for me on Showtime. Uh, so he, he's another guy to really be on the lookout for. He's one of my bros. Dope. Dope. That's dope. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, I so I kind of want to transition out of. Uh, I kind of want to move into the general boxing arena, right. I guess you could say, because uh, celebrity boxing has kind of taken over the sport, and I'm kind of. I I, I, I got to say I'm a little upset about it because we have guys like you that kind of bust their asses every single day in boxing to get where they're at. And then you have, you know, your Jake Pauls, your KSIs, your Logan Pauls, you know, you even mentioned Adrian Peterson, football players, basketball players getting in the ring and they're selling out seats quickly. But right. then you have guys like you that have worked at the support that at the sport and have developed your craft and, and really right. gotten to the point where you're at because of hard work. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's going to help the sport or do you think it negatively impacts people like you? So I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my honest opinion about it. Um, so we I have to also understand that boxing is an entertainment sport. It's entertainment at the end of the day before anything else, strictly entertainment. Right. Um, and, and we got to give credit where credit is due on some of these people, these influences that are coming into the sport that even what they do is not easy. Right. If that was easy, everybody do. If it was easy to have millions of followers, everybody would have millions of followers. So I always got to give respect to that where it's due. Like they, they did put work in to get influence like that. And that is a leverage in the sport. You know, anytime you're striking a deal, you got to have leverage. And the leverage in boxing is how many people can you put in seats? How many people are paying to watch you do whatever? That's the only thing that matters in any sort of business. How many people are paying to watch, watch you, right? And so I want to I want to say it's a, it's it's a lesson to learn on um, for us boxers that it's not just about skill set also, but it's about marketability and how you really market yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I look at that, and I've been I hate social media. I do. I'm not a big fan of social media. <laughs> way on like okay i need to i need to really understand because I, I really do feel like there's a science to it i feel like some people do strike lucky with viral videos and stuff but i, I do think there is a science to to um really increasing your brand increasing your marketability increasing people that are paying attention to you and so even lately i've been just watching all these different videos on youtube on trying to understand marketing or i've been watching these all accesses of, of, I'm talking about just on the boxing side and trying mm. to understand what is about this character that, that, that resonates with people. What is it about this person that resonates with all these different people? Um, so to answer your question, I'm not necessarily mad at it. I, I, I get it. I understand it's business at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I'll be, I'm not that kind of salty petty guy to be like, man, it's not fair. This and that. Not me. They put the work into, you know, to get those amount of followers. It's not easy. Um, because like I said, we would all have a lot of money, uh, if we did. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I got, I got to pay respects to that. Um, and Jake Paul is one of the things I learned about just marketing period on how can I word this? So I, I'll put it blunt. I'm actually interested in Jake Paul. So what I mean by that yeah. is like, I want to see, he's been talking all this about always oh, going to take over boxing. He's going to be this and that. I want to see if he's going to do it. I'm not going to lie. I want to see what happens. I'm I'm here to see the see the ride. But what yeah. I found out about that is everything about this entertainment is about storytelling, right? 
this what WWE did extremely well at. WWE did extremely well at telling a story. When I used oh, to watch yeah. WWE as a kid, that's what I was invested in was the storylines. They tell these mm-hmm. storylines, and I would get invested. Now I got to wait till next week to see what happens. <laughs> I got to wait to see next week to see what right. happens. Right? And that's something boxing has to do a little better on is on the promotion side is telling stories, right? Getting people invested to know what's going to happen. And that's why people have to wait so long for these big mega fights also. There's a big fight coming on this weekend, Crawford and, and Spence, right? Mm-hmm. And two top pound, pound, pound for pound guys. But everybody's like, man, these are the two best boxers, this and that, right? Now imagine if those two people fought their very first fight at the beginning of the career. Nobody would care. Nobody yeah. would care. They would have no hype towards it. The only reason why there's hype towards it is because it's been built up over so long period of time. Same thing with Floyd and Pacquiao. That it's been like teasing people. People have been teased with it. Now they're like, right. wait, like, man, when are we gonna get it? When we finally get it, it's like finally, I've been waiting on this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to really understand that that side of the of the business and how it works. Um, rather than just trying to be more than just like a like a fighter, you know. Yeah. Well, I know. Uh, I know Jake Paul's fighting Nate Diaz here in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. I think up in yeah, Dallas. Yeah, so. August fifth. Yeah, well, that's gonna crazy. Be... That's mind boggling to me. Y'all gonna, watch I mean... the... Y'all gonna watch the fight? I'm probably gonna watch it. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all I'm I invested, think, man. I want to see what happens. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, look, that's the thing. That's the thing you were talking about. Like it's it's appealing because it's like, who's this guy? Like this who guy who's just guy? on who like on on Disney Channel. You know, when yeah. I was a kid. Now he's in yeah. you know all tatted up in the boxing ring. Like it's like you said, it's marketing. It's all yeah. a business. And it's all it, it is. Bro. UFC's done it. Uh, boxing's doing it. UFC, and UFC UFC does a good job with the storytelling. That's what they said when they when they did the. Uh, uh, what's it called when when they really got into the lives of 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 all the fighters? They put them on the house. I forgot the thing was called. Um, oh, the Ultimate Fighter. Ulti- Ulti- Ultimate Fighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what really helped take UFC off because it, it really got people to connect with certain fighters and really get to see a different side of them. And that's what really helped elevate the sport for them, right? And uh, <laughs> and I ain't gonna lie, I want to say one more thing about Jake Paul. The dude is just hilarious, bro. The dude is funny. <laughs> Yeah, he was when he was fighting Tyron. When he was fighting Tyron Woodley, this was the coldest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he was fighting Tyron Woodley, and they were doing like a face off. And uh, what what did he? He basically they were going at it back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And Jake was like, you know, Tyron, I just want to, I just want to, I want to give you a gift, bro, for you accepting this fight. I know it's kind of last second, da da da, but yeah, I want you to have it, right? And Tyron Woodley opens the gift, and it's a Rolex. And his whole, like, demeanor changed. Like, oh, bro, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Wow, okay. It's right? mental. He was all, all mental. happy. Right, dude? No, yeah. let me finish. Then the guy, the mediator, the mediator was like, Jake, you know, why Why did you, you know, why did you give him a, a Rolex? And he was like, because it's time for him to get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I was like, yo. And I said, bro. I said, bro, he spent how much money for this joke, bro? Just for him to land that punchline, bro. He spent all the money on the road just to yeah. land that punchline. I was like, yo, I ain't gonna lie. I was sold. 
And then he then he actually knocked him out that fight. I was like, yeah, I'm so he did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my thing like, with so Jake good. though, my thing with Jake is like uh he a lot of people have been clamoring for him. I mean, obviously he fought Tommy Fury, who's a real boxer, but before that he was fighting he wasn't fighting like boxers, no. you know what I'm saying? Like pure boxers. He was fighting Bro, he people who UFC MMA. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he was yeah. fighting just random people. Oh lord! Oh yeah, we got we got a surprise oh, for you, lord. Darius. Oh lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh, pops. Shit too? <laughs> pops, you're looking good, man. I married your mama. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, I, good for you. That was a good choice. <laughs> that was a good choice. Hey, it's good to see you, man. You stalked me. Oh, she stalked you? <laughs> find, I'm not going to lie. I find that hard to believe. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good when I said it. <laughs> hey, Mr. Pops, Tim, I have a Go ahead, saying, Darius. You know, I was saying we were here talking about uh, the state of boxing, man, about the YouTubers boxing and stuff. What's your thoughts on it, man? On YouTubers boxing? Yeah, all these influencers uh, boxing. Yeah, I, I, this is gonna be this is gonna come off really old fashioned, but uh, <laughs> man, I think I think I think you gotta earn it to the amateurs and work your way in. And um, I don't even know what the fucking influencer is, but uh, I guess they're out there. <laughs> hey, they, they all, hey, pops, I'm telling you, they all over, dog. They all over. Actually, Ali, I do want to I do want to say one thing about it. I'm really not interested in really any other influencer besides Jake Paul. They be having these influencer shows. Um, pretty often, I don't really care about them. I've watched some of them, and I'm like, it's so hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I was just, pretty I'm skeptical right. of Jake Paul at the beginning. I was pretty skeptical, but it seems though he's he's pretty passionate. Uh, I know he lost his last fight to an actual boxer. Um, and of course he's got he's fighting another another MMA guy, which I, I like this guy, um, the the Diaz brothers, but the Diaz, yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes down. I, I ain't gonna pay for it, but I'll be watching. <laughs> you <laughs> sound like my dad. I'll wait, I'll, wait, I'll wait for you to tell me, Darius. I ain't finna pay for it. Hey, hey but listen, uh, Pops ain't. He said he's not paying for uh, to watch nobody fight but me, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my hey, no, I, don't have back pockets like, I don't have back pockets like the fucking Minces do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hey pops, hey pops, we can only wish. We can only wish. Let me tell you, something. you ever see those jeans and you have a big pocket and you had a little bitty pocket? Yeah. Who I am. Yeah, you little pockets compared to them. I'm the little pocket. Yeah, hey, hey, Ali, they was over at they was over at my parents' house the other the other night. I FaceTimed them. They were, yeah. Yeah, and and they had some money on the table. It was like some hundreds or something. And I was like, "Pops, that's what that's what he wipes his ass with." <laughs> yeah, my ass hurts. Oh my god! All the fucking nickels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, man, the misses—they don't fuck around, man. They're serious. I know. I know. I know. Let me tell you something. No. His father—you think his father's a gangster because he leans in his car? No, he leans because one pocket is fucking holding his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Why are you leaning like that? No, Mr. Tim, <laughs> I have to, I have to ask you a question. I have to ask you a question. 
because obviously your children are very successful. And what what is it like watching Darius? Do you get scared watching him in the ring, or do you know he's he's going to kill him? A good question. No, I'm not scared at all. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. I'm very confident. I'm confident because he's super confident. You have That's to know Darius' story. Uh, Darius' story is uh, one of uh, – it's just crazy to me because I got to watch it all happen. Um, Darius grew up under his brother who's eight years different, and DeWan was a stud in everything he touched. And Darius was not so much. <laughs> but once he got a taste of success – he uh, he got super passionate. He got so passionate about nutrition, uh, training, and he made some crazy ass comments that me and his brother laughed at, and they all came true. So mm. I don't I don't doubt him anymore. You know, guy guy gets put on, he gets put on the shelf. Prayer of you put him on the shelf for a whole year while he um had to do his um clinicals. He graduates, takes that uh, NCLEX test the next month, and he's out in the streets. Goes to Ohio for a uh, 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 Olympic trials tournament. He doesn't take first or second. He's got that tells me that you didn't get the full amount of training. Tells me that you have a very very high ceiling. Mm -hmm. So no, the answer, the short answer is no. I don't get nervous because his confidence oozes into me and his mama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. God dang, that was a good answer, man. I love it. It was a good answer. <laughs> I, I, I had wrote it down. I wrote that shit down. I told Oliver, give me the fucking questions in advance. <laughs> so I had that shit wrote down. That was a good I answer. But, but, but Ali, remember what he said, though, and it goes back to what I say. Confident fighters dangerous, bro. They are dangerous. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm big on, like I see you got to, I got to take their will. I have to. I got to strip away their confidence layer by layer. I don't want them believing in themselves. As soon as they as soon as they uh, start believing in themselves, hey they, <laughs> hey, they start punching. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oliver, I'm, I'm kind of old school, too, with, with, with my mentality with, with Darius as far as I have my quips and my little sayings, you know. Uh, Darius, Darius has heard them all. You know, the one that's like, ooh, he's from South Korea. He's got to be good. It's a long way. He's, he's, he's got to be good he's far away. The far away syndrome. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, whatever. You know? <laughs> Um, you know, um, confidence is something, but not, and Darius, although may not have had a crazy amateur career, he may have had 60, 65 fights. I'm guessing the thing with Darius's amateur fights, they're all top tier, they're all you know, um, it's the best. Uh, what was the thing you wanted? National Golden Gloves, Golden Glove tournaments, and so and then he did a lot of uh, Olympic, Olympic um, <laughs> trials tournaments and stuff, so. Although he may only have 60, 65 amateur fights, they're all, they're not against people like, uh, you know, Nick. <laughs> no hate on Nick. Oh, my but God. I'm just saying. Hey, but they, but I, you know, that reminded me of something that he, that he brought up, too. I'm, I'm real, I told you, I'm really big on, on the mindset. I think that's the most important thing in boxing. And some that, that was something that Pops had taught me even growing up that I had to realize. I realized even more when I got older. But was a it was about respect, right? And so, and I tell a lot of my people that I train with that we can't respect nobody in this sport. And so, what I mean by that is, let me put it like that: you can't over respect somebody, right? 
the second you over respect somebody, you automatically put yourself beneath them, right? Every time is I mean that, that's just common sense. You respect somebody too much, you already look look at yourself as below them. And so I honestly don't care if somebody's a world champ. I don't care if they fought on TV. I don't care what they've done in their past. I don't care what their reputation says, if they're the hardest puncher. That was a big thing with Mike Tyson. People respected Mike Tyson too much. And what was this what was the story y'all was telling Possible when he when he uh when he got his first loss, when he had the biggest upset against Buster Douglas. That Buster Douglas didn't respect him. Yeah. He didn't mm. respect him. And that's when he got beat. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. Yeah. Boxing, boxing and, then, and, then, and then it snowballed it, man. And Holyfield whooped up on him and just snowballed from there. Um, I don't know, but yeah, he's right, man. I, I, Darius can go fight. Um, uh, Darius, I know the people are listening. You know, I, I get it. I'm his dad, biased, whatever. <laughs> but Darius could go fight right now. Uh, David, uh, what's his name? Darius. Yeah, David. And I expect Darius to win. Pop said he's betting the yeah. house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 that's what you want, well, though. That's good. Well, I don't, I don't live like the Mensas now. Mister T, let's stop putting my business out there. <laughs> some bitches, some bitches live on, some bitches live on, on, on land, bricks. I know it. I know it. Now, Darius, I have, I have. There's, more. There, hey, there's, there's the Mensas house is so fucking big. They have a driveway that's. Half a mile long. <laughs> oh, I man. ran a gas on the driveway. Hey, I'd hate to be delivering mail to that house. <laughs> our our mailmen actually love us. They love coming to our house. Darius, can you imagine taking the trash can? Oh out my gosh, that's terrible! Don't, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who got stuck with that fucking? Oh. <laughs> Might as well you know, watch Mr. an episode of someone on Netflix me, walking down the driveway. When I, it's me when I'm there, and then yeah, it's me when I'm there, and then my dad whenever I'm not there. So, <laughs> but Dude, yeah, taking the trash out would, alone will put you in shape. <laughs> That's why calves look like that, pops. Now, Darius, I, have, huh? I was gonna say I have one more question for you. So yeah, I know you you just you just finished a fight and obviously you killed the guy because I watched it. Thank you to Mr. <laughs> Tim's live stream. Uh, you killed the guy, so that that was a good fight to watch. Go ring girls! <laughs> <laughs> I know you were shaping up those ring girls. It was hilarious, but um, it's all for the fans. <laughs> so you're kind of I guess you're kind of in a recovery phase. What I assume uh, have you been taking some time off? What does that look like post fight? Does that you kind of just take a breather, do whatever you want. How much training do you do? I guess I should, should ask as well. No, no, yeah, no, I'm back. I'm back training full-time and stuff. I don't really take too much time off because it's crazy. You take like a couple of days off and then you feel like it, it's been months. And so I don't I don't take too much time off, especially when I didn't really need to. I didn't take any damage that fight. Um, and I'm trying to get back active again. So I'm supposed to be fighting again sometime in September. Um, so trying to get back active again. So uh, I, I don't take too much time off to answer your question. Well, that's, that's interesting because I know a lot of fighters, it might be a little different considering, does it depend on the fight kind of? Like how much how much hurt you're feeling or how sore you're feeling after the fight? Yeah, or? it depends if, if I would say have any injuries or something like that or or even the caliber of the fight. Um, but like I said, I'm nowhere near my prime where I should be. I still have a lot to learn in the sport, so there's no reason why I'm, I shouldn't be back in the gym. 
I should be back in yeah. the gym learning, training, getting better. So that's true. I, I don't I mean, ever see that ever really changing, to be honest, where I'm like taking months off from the. I just, I love the sport too much to do that. Like, I take too much time off. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Especially now. I'm like, I haven't accomplished nothing in the sport like I want to. So if I'm taking time off, it's like, I'm thinking, about, what am I doing? I'm yeah. wasting time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see that ever really changing. Now, Isaiah, do you have any thoughts? I know, uh, Mr. Tim, this is Isaiah. He's our co-host here. Um, How you doing? Fellow Ellison Eagle part-time. He, yeah, he graduated yeah. from Colleen, but he started at Ellison. So, <laughs> With, you know, Oliver, Oliver, we're not going to hold that against him. I held it against, held it against him a little bit. A kangaroo with boxing gloves. Kickboxing. Oliver, I swear to God, I swear to God, the kangaroo has a lisp. The who? Kangaroo. The who has a lisp? The kangaroo. The kangaroo. You gonna get this? You gonna get this thing canceled? Oh my god! My bad. My bad. Oh my god! Now, Isaiah, did you have any thoughts or questions before we uh, get close to wrapping this thing up? Yeah, more so on a laid back side, just from both you guys, both from Darius and Mister Tim. What do you guys is top? You can say top two, top three favorite boxing movie because I know there's been tons that have came out since Ooh, yeah. years and years ago. What's y'all's favorite boxing movies? Man, mine's changed a little bit. I'll go first, Pops. Pops is the big movie guy, I ain't going to lie. But <laughs> um, Rocky Four has been my number one. And actually, mm. Rocky Three is Rocky Three is so good. I'm going to say Rocky Three is number two. Um, And... I love the Rocky movies so much. I did they, yeah. they so check this out. There's a big difference for the for fighting movies for me. Like I've seen Rocky before I started boxing. And so a lot of the boxing movies that came out now, I started boxing. And so I see them being so unrealistic where I'm like, yo, the mm-hmm. fight scenes are terrible. But it's crazy I say that. I have no problem with the Rocky fight scenes and those are way worse. <laughs> yeah. The Rocky fight scenes are so bad. But I'm like I'm watching the good ones. I'm like, this is terrible. This is not even good. I'm like over critiquing, over analyzing it. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I, I, I have like... no problem with the Rocky movies. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I like Rocky one because I like how they took um, Adrian as a librarian to a hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I said, yo, Adrian, be hot. I mean, they dressed her up at the end, like, yo, Adrian, be hot. <laughs> but, 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 Darius, do you remember the scene where he goes, cut me, big, cut me, big, cut me, big. Come on, just cut, cut me. me. That was horrible. <laughs> you like that one? The razor blade with fake blood was a bit much for me. <laughs> now, the, the third oh, one. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Rocky. The third one was so good to me, though, because I love how it showed him at the top of his career. He had the top, and he kind of got complacent, and he was just kind of going through the motions or whatever. And Mick was like, what are you doing, man? You're not da-da-da. So he had to kind of go back to his roots and find his, his mm-hmm. the eye of the tiger, right? I thought that was really dope. I love how they pulled pulled that one off. I like the first one because, yeah, it's a lot of boxing, but it's really a love story. Yeah, uh, it was. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I got to take no love for the Creed movies? 
Man, look, okay, so so Cree is coming in at at at, at probably <laughs> third. So I, out of the three, yeah. out of the three, out of the three, probably the I, which one I like the most. I don't, man, I don't even know. I like one. I like one, two, and four. The Russian was just, Russian was a big dude. Yeah, four from four from is good. Which one I like out of the? I think I'm gonna say the first one. I like the first one. I think if I had to yeah. go, I'd probably first. <sighs> First, third, second. There's third one was pretty good. Third one, I didn't like that. I didn't like that Stallone wasn't in the third one. But I, I, I watched the first one so many times. Even at the very end, when the sleazebag brother lets Adrian through the ropes, I had to hide my face from your mama. <laughs> I didn't want to lose my man card. I felt, oh I God. felt, I felt my eyes got a bit heavy. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> cutting some onions, though. That's what I Somebody bust a banquet in the room. Oh goodness! Now I, I do have one more, not non-boxing related uh, question. Uh, really dialed towards Mr. Tim and Darius. You can hop into. Because um, I know we're all big college sports fans. I know Isaiah is kind of iffy on college sports, but um, what teams should you be looking at that are sneaky uh, coming up in college football, Mr. Tim? College football, I will say this here. Um, I've done a little reading, <laughs> and US, USC has the best quarterback room in the country. That's true. Mm. They've got the, mm. they got the Heisman Trophy win. And they got a five and four star backing them up. And and what's his face? I can't think of his name. The old guy from Oklahoma at USC Lincoln now Riley. is a Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln Riley is a quarterback yeah. whisperer. Okay, my turn. So to I ask say, the watch question. for USC. My, my turn to ask the question. Then, how do you feel? How do you think you feel being a you say four and five star recruit coming up and backing up at USC? You said a a, a, a Heisman winner. Well, I mean, you know that coming in, so you knew what you were getting into. You're not, you're not going to beat the guy out. He's already got the spot. You know, it's like Deion Sanders, Colorado. He said, "Pack your Louis." Right, so coming in. Right, I was just about to bring his that up. Son, his yeah. son is the quarterback, and yeah. the Travis Hunter dude is going to play both ways. So yeah. don't be dis- don't be disillusional. Uh, <laughs> Caleb Williams is the starter, and the rest have to wait their turn. But I guess what I mean is like is is all right. You being a you being a father, right? You think that's the best decision to a four or five star recruit to to, to go back and up? I, a, that, that, that's a super tough question because I I uh, your brother, if I remember, had no stars, zero. I knew I knew he played six eight football in Texas. I knew he had some size issues. Uh, but your brother had the biggest heart in the world, and he knew how to play. He was I, was another thing I used to say, Darius, know your sport. You know, do yeah. something, know it. <laughs> know your sport, be involved. And Darius, I mean, Dewan couldn't read linemen. Dewan didn't run no 4-4s. Four he wasn't 235 pounds. He didn't have muscles in his ears, but he knew, he knew how to read linemen. He knew how to get to the ball, and he was a tackler. Mm-hmm. And that got him uh, as a four-year starter at Texas Southern, a three-year captain, and ultimately drafted by the Detroit Lions. Um, and almost made a team. Came close. It is what it is. Uh, so 
And, and at the time, I had reservations about having to walk on at UT. But if you walk on to UT, that means I had to pay the bill. And again, I hate the resort back to Oliver Mintz, but I ain't got that kind of fucking money. <laughs> I got junior college money. <laughs> Oliver Mintz got fucking Yale, Pepperdine, <laughs> University of Miami, Rice. That's kind of money he's got. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I want you to shine like anybody wants you to shine. I probably would send him to Lincoln Raleigh because I think we'd have had that conversation about him backing that guy up, waiting your turn. I'll give you an example, Darius. Back in 2007, I believe it was, do you know who was backing up, uh, who the backup quarterback was for the University of Florida? Okay, so Tim Tebow was, Tim Tebow was there? Tim Tebow was the quarterback. Who backed him up? Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. He got in trouble. We're playing some uh, junior oh, college ball Cam here Newton. in Texas. It was Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton. Yep. Uh, he goes out, you know, it's Auburn. He balls out. And uh, so sometimes you got to wait, man. Sometimes, you know, you know, I've always had my – you know, people said Tim Tebow is probably the best college quarterback. I won't disagree. I thought Vince Young was the best to me. Watching him play that USC professional team they played in the in the, in the Rose Bowl. That game was amazing. Uh, Tim Tebow got two national championships. I get it. But I always thought uh, Vince was the better quarterback, college quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, Pops, you know, it's crazy. Even even being a sort of backup at these big schools like that, I remember seeing this when, when uh, we were watching for Dewana get drafted that year, and I'm seeing all these people that are going to these big schools, and, and even, like, the backups are getting drafted. I'm like, what? Yeah. But it's just, so, it's- a little history. University of Alabama, um, before they got it down, I think, 82 scholarships. I think they had, like, 130 scholarships back in the, in the 70s and 80s. But they narrowed it down to 82. And you'd have 10 running backs on University of Alabama's team all complete in the NFL. That's same with crazy. currently, same with um, same with LSU. LSU's got backs after backs. They're backups to the yeah. backups in the league. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and I also, I also wonder what what has changed now with the, uh, with, with players getting paid now. If it is still a better decision, oh, to go yeah. to these big schools too. You know. Yeah. I don't have a big I opinion. Know, on I don't know how much. I don't know how much the backups is getting, is getting paid though. You know. I don't know. I yeah. guess it's a decision you have to figure out. Look at Texas A and M. Look at Texas A&M. They paid every five-star recruit a million dollars last year, and they ended up five and seven. So, I mean, yeah, and I, I Nick, think Saban, Nick Saban went. In. Oh yeah, he, he went. Did. He went in on on A&M. Yeah, oh. he did. He went in. Nick, Nick was not happy. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of weird looking at the the pay pay to play kind of thing. For I would even argue they're not they're not professionals. Like ninety percent of those guys aren't making it to the NFL. So it's kind yeah, of it's a hard. weird thing. But I think it's only going to make the big schools bigger, and you're going to get. I will kind of I, counter what, I said what you were saying. I think the rich get richer now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think the point, I guess, the counter to what you were talking about with backing up USC, I think the counter to that is you get to back up Caleb Williams, and you get to learn from yeah, Caleb right. Williams for a year. You're in that quarterback so, room. You're in that quarterback room, learning his habits and how to study and how to practice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So he, I mean, as a, I mean, as a parent, I look at that like, okay, this guy's going to be the number one draft pick in the NFL next year. It's only great to learn from him mm-hmm. and Lincoln Riley at the same time. Yeah, but. to make a 
53-man roster, it's not easy because they only carry so many people in certain positions. Uh, yeah. They may carry seven linebackers. They may carry eight or nine O-linemen, five D-linemen. They're going to carry more receivers and DBs just for the fact they need them on special teams. So, Yeah. No, I will say my, my sneaky teams this year in college football are uh, Tennessee and Penn State. Watch out for those two. Tennessee's in a world of trouble, dog. World of trouble right why, now. Why do you say that? Why do you say oh, that? Because oh, they got all the, the the fines, right? But they didn't get a their... bowl ban, so yeah, they 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 got man and the four for the whole year. Yeah, wow. But I still think Joe Milton's the truth out at quarterback for Tennessee. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna go with but... USC, and I'm and I'm, I'm and I'm a West Coast West Coast hater, by the way. Well, I'm go yeah, with I can't stand West Coast. Isaiah, any thoughts on college football? I know it's not your wheelhouse, but who do you think uh, is a sneaky team, possibly? Well, the way I've been hearing about this Caleb Williams guy, I've watched some of his games last you year. You said Florida State. What did you say? Florida State? No, Tell I said I've watched some of – Florida State. No, no, no. I said I've seen some of Caleb Williams' games uh, at USC last year. And the way that these analysts are talking about him is he's supposed to be like – I don't know, like, the best prospect ever. Like, he's supposed to be Mahomes-like is what I've been seeing him compared to. So when I watch his highlights, he kind of, like, he looks like Mahomes a lot. But I don't know. You see with basketball now with the Victor Wembenyama guy, people are, like, overhyping him to, like, he's going to be better than LeBron was. And I'm looking forward to see what Williams does this year. But also next year when he goes into the NFL, I wonder if you're going to see some teams, I don't know, tank for him, like, Obviously, NBA and NFL is different, but you see some NBA teams clearly tanking. wonder if some NFL teams are going to try to do that to get Williams. Oh, yeah. Atlanta Falcons are going to be tanking. <laughs> and the Titans. All them guys are going to be tanking for, for Williams. But, yeah, he's a – I don't know. I don't know how to feel about guys like that. Like, overhyped. I wouldn't even say overhyped, but, like, is Caleb Williams going to be Patrick Mahomes? Like, I can't – I feel like we can't put that on his, you know – well, on Patrick his shoulders Holmes, right now. I feel like that's too much for Patrick Holmes was a, according to the pundits was a system quarterback. Um that that's mm. why he in a top five. He's uh he was looked at as a system guy. Um but then he, you know, Coach Reed gets a hold of him and opens the playbook up and lets him have it. Right. Yeah. And gets Get some yeah. get some a tight end from the University of Cincinnati to play quarterback. How about that one? We'll find that one. <laughs> now, Mr. Tim, I'm gonna give, give some love to you to your Florida State Seminoles. I think they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be solid this year. I Florida think they have State. a chance to make the playoff this year. Yeah. Well, and I wonder why he didn't why he didn't say that'd be a sneaky team then. <laughs> that's true, but I feel like because they're not. Yeah, that's be, true. That's true. Well, no, they're not gonna be sneaky because they're in. <laughs> that's fair fair point fair point that, that man jordan fair travis is he's insane he's insane now if you'd have asked me oliver so what do you think be <laughs> in this year's now championship i'd have said but <laughs> 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 you asked me sneaky so i had to go to the west coast all right well who, who's your who, who's your four teams in the playoff this year then four teams in playoffs you know put i gotta put an acc team in there go knows yeah, uh, you know, I do like Tennessee too. I don't know how much that's going to hurt them. That trouble they got into, but I do like Tennessee too. Tough conference, of course. 
Uh, I think USC will take the Pac-12. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to go out there. So USC, Tennessee, Florida State, and got to throw a Big 12 team in there. Uh, fuck it. I'll go UT. See what happens. Because you know, Oliver. Hey. Oliver, you already know that my NCAA brackets are killers. Oh, God. Darius, your father didn't even submit his bracket in our March Madness pool last time. All right. <laughs> yeah, fuck that one. Already, already told you, make sure that Chad doesn't listen to any of his March Madness advice. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to note, I just want to note, I picked the national championship, and or the national champion, I should say. It was easy. I knew who I was picking going in, and they ended up taking the whole thing. So I just want, I just to, want to put that, that out there. That That's the win right there. Huh? I just want to say Thursday yeah. at 11 o'clock, that Thursday at 11 o'clock, my bracket was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Oliver, you the, know? Fucking, the fucking weekend hit. And you know what happened after that. <laughs> we can't refute it either because he didn't submit it. So we don't know what he's what he's cooking up back there either. But, Those are my four teams, and I'm sticking with it. I think, look, I don't know if, Darius, if you have your four teams, but and Isaiah. Darius has no clue. <laughs> no clue. That's no <laughs> clue. Darius got BYU think... and Tulsa in there. What? Darius got BYU and Tulsa in the final four. <laughs> <laughs> No oh offense God. to BYU and Tulsa, please. You, I, 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 you know, I don't know much about it, but I bet if I do a bracket, it still come out better than yours, though. The brackets yeah. are so You're unpredictable. Right. And so unpredictable. He's probably right. Yes, I, I think I think the I best stuck. chance of anybody getting a perfect bracket is to honestly just guess. <laughs> it's honestly true. I'm not calling any names on that one, there, Oliver. Hey, look, I went analytics, and analytics won. I almost had half of the final four right, so UT just had to lose to I'm Miami. Talking about somebody else that's a cheater. Oh, you're talking about my mom. She called you a cheater, but you didn't even submit your bracket. I have much love. For <laughs> you talking about his mama, dog? Oh, dude, I have much love for Miss Vicky. Are you kidding me? That's, that's <laughs> Oliver's in the hospital <laughs> now. Look, I didn't say anything. You, I, I'm just putting the 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 accusations out there made by the other parties in, in, in the podcast. <laughs> now, look, I I gotta say, my four for football this year is probably, I, you know, I like Tennessee, but I like LSU a lot better. I think LSU's in it this year. Um, I think two from the SEC make it, so I think it's gonna be LSU, Alabama. I think LSU wins the SEC. Um, I think Alabama gets in um, sneakily, but it'll be kind of weird because they wouldn't be in the SEC championship. But I think they get in. Um, and I think Michigan's going to be there. I think it'll be LSU, Alabama, Michigan. And then the sneaky team, I think, is going to be Florida State. I think so you got to put maybe, the Oliver, Seminoles let me, in there. Let me there. throw this here at you. So what you're telling me is that LSU is going to go to Orlando opening game and beat Florida State. Oh. I forgot that they were playing oh. each other. I'm not going to lie to you. That's interesting. So well, you, know you can't have two rough losses in there. You know what happened last year when they went to Baton Rouge? Yeah, that's true. Look, I trust Jaden Daniels. That would be the quarterback matchup of 
of that week for sure. That's going to be an insane quarterback matchup. I don't know. If I can't have two one losses in there then. Here's, Man, I got to put the big 12 in there. I think for that game there, we should all go to your father's house. <laughs> have him buy all the You're food, right. Have him buy all the food and drinks. Because <laughs> we're all broke. T-bone, T-bone, hey, T-bones, ribs. Ribs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Darius can Darius can bring the ring girls. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I provide. I provide women. He, he and then and then Mr. Ivy provides the the mansion and the food and the drink. <laughs> oh my and it would, I wouldn't yeah, hurt my I feelings, think... Oliver. If the son of the bitch had some valet service. Some what? <laughs> I said it's some valet. Service. Some valet service. Some valet. Yeah. Oh my God. Because to get oh, to the house in the street is a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We, That's so funny. Where I'm from, where I'm from in the hood, we call those rich people problems. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Oliver. I know you know this. I take my trash can five feet and it's on the street. <laughs> Oh my God, Mr. Tim, you kill me! You kill me, man. <laughs> Look, I don't. I just show up at the house. I don't. I don't do much. I just go to school and and come home. Look, I'm not gonna lie. Whenever I go home, it's it's free food and free beer. So that's all I can ask for. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I guess I got to replace Florida State then. No, I'm keeping Florida State, and I think they win the ACC. I'm. Man, I don't know who's going to win the Big Twelve. TCU is going to fall off. They're going to, they're not even going to make a bowl game. That's my well, prediction. But I'm also I'm also biased because because I'm a Baylor grad. You know, so I, I, you know, TCU's playing the opening game. Oh yeah, Dion, Dion Sanders, Colorado. I think they lose that game. That's going to be the playing, upset. They're playing. They're playing three toe Sanders. Out <laughs> of line, dog. I crossed. I crossed over. Yeah, out of line, though. <laughs> I did too much? Dang. Too <laughs> oh, too my God. That's so funny. Three toes. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, man, that's tough. Man. I, I can't put I can't put Texas in there. I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust anyone in the Big 12 this year. Even Baylor, I don't trust them. You know, I guess I'm, just throwing, I'm just throwing schools out there. Fuck it, USC, UT, Tennessee, and Florida State. We'll see what happens. Because I had LSU in, Michigan in, and uh, Florida State in. I'm going to go ahead and throw – you know, I'm going to throw Ohio State in there. Because I think Michigan so wins gonna, against do think, Ohio State. Do you think that Jim Khaki Pants Harbaugh can get in? Oh, yeah, he's got it in the past two years. Just want to throw it out there because this son bitch only has one pair of pants. It's all khakis. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, That's true. He doesn't have anything game, to stop. Interview, got the same fucking khakis on. Like, Yo, come on. Yeah. Good for him, though. Sticking you the see, bit. You, you see the same uh, stain on him? On the same pants? Fucking, yep, same stain. Same one. <laughs> come on, Jimbo. You fucking got to make seven figures out there. Come on, man. <laughs> Change fucking colors. <laughs> Do you think seven figures, though? Oh, I somebody's getting paid. Oh, hey, yeah. you, don't, you don't think he's making eight? Oh, hey, Oliver, real quick. 
Check mm. out the family dynamics. Theirs has it made. <laughs> Did you know, were you aware that his mother, and his mama's fine too, by the way. His mama's fine. It's what the <laughs> like Do you know his mama gets, she designs all his outfits. Really? Really? I'm not surprised. And I'm not fucking done. <laughs> Guess who picks the walkout songs? You? <laughs> Dang. I'm gangster like that. I'm fucking gangster like that. Dang. The last fight, the last fight in San Antonio, Darius picks up boo-boo shit that nobody fucking knew. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Darius? It was a little dirt. Hey, I got to respect that. Like little dirt. Nobody knew what that song was. The fuck was, was it? The, the one f- with Morgan Wallen, or was it the one with uh, was it All My no. Life or whatever? No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't like one of the more popular songs. It was uh, Put Them on Ice. Ah. Mm. Don't go. It didn't help Oliver because the sound system kind of sucked. <laughs> crazy, crazy. When when we first walked into the arena to check it uh, to check it out uh, before the fight started, before the doors opened. They were testing out the sound system. They put on this Travis Scott song. Yeah. They put on what song was it? The club up. And the club up. Oh, okay, Oliver. yeah, yeah. Oliver, that when I get off the banger, dog. I was like, Oliver, yeah. when I get off the I'm podcast, walk out song right then and there. I said, that's got to be it. I need that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Oliver, he fucked. Oliver, he fucked it all up. Oliver, when it I get off the podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna sing you his next walkout song. Hey, but look. <laughs> But then when I came out, when I came out, the sound system wasn't the same. I was like, this is not what they were playing earlier. It wasn't, it wasn't jump earlier. Is it? I had to, this sister down. had to tell me who the fuck Little Dirk was. <laughs> you have to touch, Pops. You have to touch. Yeah, I, I like Little Dirk. He's, he's pretty good. Thanks, bro. I I'm respect. Gonna you, respect. I'm going to send you a, I'm going to send you a mystical song. <laughs> I love oh, it. my God. That's hilarious. All right. But uh, there's one last question for you because we, we got you, your pops from here. Uh, you kind of talked about your family a little bit. Uh, so what's it like having that support system? What, like, what, what, how do you feel like every day just feeling, you know, with that thought in your mind? Like, man, I got the biggest support system in, in the world with my parents. And my, and my... I literally can't stress that how important it is. That's the other people that go without and all reminds me how extremely blessed I that I am that I got right I'll be my head, you know and like I said I mean they're, they're everything to me in sport so I, I'm really just happy that I can take them along on this we can all be on this journey together mm. yeah that's true Facts. I appreciate that well we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up thank you so much Darius and Thank yeah, you yeah. for popping in last minute, Mr. Tim. We appreciate Thank you it. Guys. Have a good time. Appreciate it. Yes. We'll holler at you. Peace right. out. All right. Peace. Appreciate y'all. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, had a great, great time tonight. I thought that was one of the better podcasts we've had, man. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. I know y'all are going to be listening to this at some point. Uh, when we get it uploaded, but uh, yeah, uh, we're going to get that figured out. I, I thought I had to figure it figured out, but then again, I'm a dodo brain mm-hmm. sometimes. So, uh, but.
But anyways, thank y'all for for tuning in and watching and listening. I mm-hmm. uh, hope y'all had a great time. We are really we really appreciate Darius coming on and, mm-hmm. and giving us his perspective and his pops for for hopping in and giving us a good time at the end. So um, I'm assuming we'll see y'all next week. Isaiah, do we have anything planned for next week? I think it's just us next week, huh? Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it yeah. out. Thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate well, it. Training training camp's coming, or it's, it's already here. But mm-hmm. we got some fo- we got football coming back, so I'm excited. But, we got to talk about uh, Mbappe. Mbappe. Oh Mbappe. yeah, we do. We got to talk about yeah, that we next do. week. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week when we get into some football as we're getting ready to and Messi's game get back on the gridiron. But yes, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Deuces.